I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And you are listening to Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get super stoned and watch SNL and then get super baked and talk about SNL. <laughs> Just a quick note before we get into the episode, there are some mentions of sexual content and violence drug use as well. So if you don't want your littles to hear that, you should probably throw some AirPods in. Let's get into it. Today we're talking about season 46, episode one, aired last night, October 3rd, 2020. The host was Chris Rock and the musical guest was Megan Thee Stallion. Also, Young Thug made an appearance. I was so excited going into last night's episode. Like, I cannot, and I texted you, I cannot remember the last time that I was that excited to see Saturday Night Live. Oh, same. It was, I don't know, it was just like the anticipation was amazing. And then to have them back in the studio, it felt so normal. And it was just like, it felt so good for my soul just to like see people it was Saturday Night Live. It's the most normal thing that we've seen since March. Right. Like, that was... It felt so good. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, it felt like my, my heart was being infused with happy. And <laughs> I, I needed it so badly. Yeah, big serotonin boost right there. <laughs> yeah, just hearing the theme song. And no, it was like, oh man, this... That was the most normal I've felt since shit hit the fan. And... Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming back. Anyway. Um, for real, it felt so good. I was so happy to see it all. And where it started, I mean, I think we could have easily predicted that they would start the way they started, which was with the debate. Yeah, I, I was not surprised in the least. I thought the scroll was on point. It's like, well, we don't know if we're going to get another <laughs> one. and We might as well do this because we planned it. I thought that Beck Bennett did a great job with Chris Wallace. He really hit the nail on the head in terms of just how ineffective he was as a moderator. Yeah. I'd say like a minute in, I was like, oh, fuck, this is good. Like, it was just biting on for both sides. Like, th- it was not kind right. to either candidate. Yeah, it felt a little bit too real on Trump's side. I was like, wait, I think I'm actually just watching what I watched <laughs> earlier right. this week. Right. <laughs> God, this week was such a shit show. It really did. And in the scroll, it said it felt like, you know, 140 something days ago. It yeah. really does. I mean, how was that Tuesday? It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I like, maybe it's because I've been high this whole time, but I don't know. <laughs> Gotta cope somehow. The news cycle is just too much. I literally, and it's like, I remember when nothing really happened over the weekends. It was quiet. It's like everybody, it wasn't like, it never used to be like this. This is not normal. Anyway, the cold open somehow made me feel better about the debate. I don't really know how that happened. I mean, I felt better when all of a sudden I see Jim Carrey holding the exact TV remote that I have and using it to pause, like, Trump as he's speaking. That was so, like, weird and meta and just... Perfect. I was like, yeah, I could just turn it off. Isn't that yeah. nice? <laughs> yeah, that was so wonderful. You're right. When they got to the clicker, when he, when Jim Carrey pulled out the clicker, and then he went into, wouldn't it be wonderful if karma and science united for just one peaceful moment? I'm not saying I want it to happen, but wouldn't it be nice? I, that, they went so far, like, 
hey, what a late in the game rewrite. Yeah. Amazing. Right. But so perfect. It was so perfect. And then I was like, shit, they're really pushing a boundary here. Like this could get them in slight hot water. I mean, not with any reasonable person, but you know, the rabble rousers might try to rouse some rabble. Yeah. But like, fuck it. It's it's funny and true, maybe. (laughs) I did. Like karma and science. They're really just team it up. I thought Jim Carrey's take on Joe Biden was a little harsh. I mean, it I guess- It was a bit odd. Yeah, I, I felt like it just went a little too far. Like, I know he's not everyone's preferred candidate. He wasn't my first or second, third, fourth, or 16th. Like, mm-hmm. it, but, you know, it's for, for, the, for the good of the country, you know. I, I like democracy. I like not being a handmaid. I thought it just went a little too far in terms of like, look lucid. Like, he's more there than that. He's certainly more there than Donald Trump is. Yeah, I thought it just went a little too far. Yeah, I just feel like it was a bit, yeah, it was, it was very out there. Some of it was funny. Jim Carrey laughed at something that I thought was, oh, it was the word short. It was when fucking, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, you could see this man literally laughing. Maya Rudolph came on and said something. I, I wish I knew what it was, but I, the word short was in it. And I wrote that down in my notes, but that's getting a little bit ahead of myself. Back to Jim Carrey being a little bit too Jim Carrey-ish on no, that Biden impression. No, I mean, do you, no, please talk about Maya Rudolph. That was, pre- that was pretty much all I wanted to say. Is I just thought it was like, eh, not, not totally warranted, but to each his own. And I think next week we might see it toned back a little, maybe, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, right, um, before Maya Rudolph came on, I'm pretty sure uh, Harry Styles <laughs> had a brief cameo. That was wonderful. <laughs> Which, that was so fucking funny. I was like, wait a minute, that's actually Harry Styles. Okay, <laughs> like, thank you, I guess. <laughs> I thought Cecily Strong was obviously absolutely perfect as Kimberly Guilfoyle screaming and shouting her rant from the RNC. Oh my god. Yes, I love her. I saw something where she's like, people approach her on the street and they do her characters or her impressions back to her. And she's like, I'm happy people know me as the screaming brunette. Like, it's just, it's what I've become known for. But, oh yeah, I think my personal highlight from that was... um, my Rudolph saying that America needs a WAP, a woman as president. That was that was great. Really just panning to the audience and I loved it. <laughs> I ate yeah. it up. I appreciated the amount of WAP references that they dropped in this episode. It's like, okay, I, you know, maybe a little overplayed, but it works for me. It worked for me. That's so good. <laughs> so yeah, after the cold open, we went into Chris Rock's monologue, which I thought... I thought it was great. Uh, not every joke worked, but I thought his, I thought the Coke joke was A plus, but a little off brand as Chris Farley died from an overdose, I believe. Um, yeah, like literally was just reading that bit in Life from New York about his death. And then like after reading that, Chris Rock is on TV making a joke about it. And I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I get that, you know, he gets to joke about it, but, and he's talked about it before in terms of like two guys named Chris hired on the same day, one from Madison, Wisconsin, one from Bed-Stuy. Which one do you think is going to die of an overdose? I thought his comment about dukes and duchesses was right fucking on. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Like, say what we've all been thinking, Chris. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. 
I thought it was a nice little stand-up set. Opened the show. Yeah. That's what we all expected, you know. I had some just nice little moments though too. Like he pointed out that the immediate audience was like all first responders. I thought that was really sweet. Yes. Um, that they would honor them like that. Um, Every show this season, they're reserving a section of tickets for health workers and first responders. And then another particular joke that I liked was when he talked about how voting is on a Tuesday in November, which is literally just the worst. And how if it was Tuesday Night Live, it, it wouldn't It wouldn't work. exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just so fucking true. Fuck Tuesdays. No, um, it needs to be. Then, you know what? If it's on a Tuesday, it needs to be a national holiday and nobody works. Everything stops. It's a paid holiday. Y'all get to go vote. It turns into basically a late in the year, 4th of July. That's... Yeah, otherwise it's just fucked. <laughs> yeah. One last thing I want to say is I like that he ended with a James Baldwin quote. I really fucking love James Baldwin. I liked that too. Okay, so the first sketch after the monologue was a sketch entitled Super Spreader Event. (laughs) And holy heck. Okay, so it is a news segment where a newswoman throws it to an on-the-scene reporter. He's talking about a super spreader event, and it was at a name change office. And there are a number of people in line that are looking to change their names. And the names are such as uh, Irma Gerd, Edith Puthy, Duncan Dixon Coffee, Micro Dick to Mike Clit. And yeah, I thought Pete Davidson killed during this sketch. His facial expressions. I believe so. I think he did break a few times, but yes, he was supposed to be laughing. I really can't tell that man. <laughs> no, he, he looked good. He looked healthy. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, it tosses back to the newscaster and she says oh she has to cut away but maybe we can get back when you can finish what you started and then shortly thereafter asks if there's any chance of getting back to Mike Clit um and when the news segment closes out it is revealed that her name is Ashley Spitzer Swallows so yeah that was a solid sketch. There's some good 12-year-old humor. Yeah. <laughs> thing that happened being the the like fake music video with Megan the Stallion doing a verse. Um <laughs> and they were t- talking about like, you know, wanting to see what's behind the girl's mask. Um, which I thought was kind of funny. But then it was also weird because I was looking at it and I was like, wow, I've gotten so used to being able to like judge people based off of just the top half of their face yeah it's you've kind of had to re it's you've had to change how you evaluate and look at people's faces because you just can't see you have to make you have to like completely change what you're looking at chris red and pete davidson Keenan thompson they are this cast's version of the lonely island in my mind or in my opinion um i thought the beat was amazing the premise was funny i thought um how it flipped around to saying, oh, they don't care that we're in a pandemic. They just want to try to get with us. And uh, it was, what was the line? Uh, <laughs> something about going over to his house to, to swallow up his droplets. Did you catch that line? Oh my God. I don't think I did. There was just so many lines. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that I thought it really, that really worked for me. It was short. It was sweet. Again, Pete Davidson, his facial expressions really, he can, he can sell a sketch just with a look. Like he can turn it around. He can make it something. I love it. Yeah. He's a fun addition. So yeah, the next sketch that we had was, uh, the kid in the basement slash future trip or it was a kid in 2000 playing video games and Chris Rock shows up and is like, in 20 years, there's going to be a pandemic and everything's going to suck. And he's like, let me show you. So they go to the future and fuck, what's his name? All that, please. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Mooney. He jumps forward 20 years and sees himself playing video games and he doesn't care that the world has fallen to shit. He only cares about the video game graphics and i i don't know i perfect for a kid (laughs) i mean yeah it's perfect for a kid i was just like yeah everything does does kind of suck right now thank you um yeah the twist was funny yeah the twist of the sketch was uh his mother comes down the stairs and he's like (laughs) oh there's my mom (laughs) and then Keenan Thompson comes down the stairs and he's like, whoa, my mom married Keenan Thompson. And the graphic just splashes across the screen and it says, my mom married Keenan Thompson and that the sketch ends. Lost my fucking mind. Yeah, that was unexpected, but I love the twist ending sketches. And I do, I do believe that's Kyle Mooney because that's just his brand of humor. Yeah. <sighs> oh God. Just a great sketch. Loved it. Um, the next one was riffing on the Ellen show and all the rumors that have been coming out about Ellen. Um, it was kind of cute. It was just um, the Ellen show, you know, this is the response to it. It's Drew Barrymore and she's like super fucking nice. Like just too fucking nice. And it was, it was fun. I Have you seen Drew Barrymore's show yet? No, I have not seen Drew Barrymore, but I do share a birthday with her. Oh. Not the year, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, Drew Barrymore fact that I had to slip in there. What? <laughs> yeah, no, her show is, uh, her show is interesting. It's just kind of her running around a studio. It's, it can be a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a nice take on, I heard, I thought it was a nice ribbing of Drew Barrymore's ever peppy nature plus it addresses Ellen being an objectively terrible human being yeah it was good and I like the girl who's playing Drew Chloe Feynman yes Chloe Feynman so pretty she, I love she, her. oh god she's yes she's gorgeous okay so after that we have Megan the Stallion, and the first song that she performed was Savage, featuring uh, pre-recorded snippets by Beyonce, Malcolm X, and Tamika Mallory. And A, my first thought was, I want one of those leotard bodysuits, the long sleeve ones in the back. Right. And then on a more serious note, I A, the song was incredible, but... I love played on the back of the screen for the entire performance was protect black women. It's not the first thing your eye sees because it's a very, um, it's like a zebra patterny slash 
it's it's not it's a very artsy background and so your eye isn't immediately drawn to it you're looking at Megan the Stallion you're looking at the backup dancers you're looking at the outfits and you're like oh wait there there's more to this Right, yeah, no, the hair and, like, the choreography were all just so, like, stunning that that was sort of something that you didn't really, like, notice at first. No. You know, I, I thought, well, yeah, just what a fucking message, and it was unsettling, and it was moving, and it made you uncomfortable, which was the point. I had a hard time watching towards the end after there were seven or eight bullet, bullet, uh, there were seven or eight gunshots, and then there was just blood pouring out of them. Um, it was, it was tough, but again, what a platform and what a message. Right. Yeah. I think it was perfectly executed. Weekend update. Yes, it was. I liked it. It was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. I I thought it was a strong, I thought it was a strong first weekend update showing. I thought the cutting of the hydroxychloroquine with Molly comment about Trump's tweet ending with love and three exclamation points was (laughs) fucking hilarious. It was a funny tweet. Like when I saw it, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> the bull semen white claw joke was disgusting, but you know. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought Colin Jost was 100% right about, well, everything he said in terms of politically. And I'm just saying <sighs> what, he, what he was saying, the world. Yeah, no, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was good. But also like there was the joke, diversity in the media and... Contos was like, and that's how I got to be on the board of directors for BET. And that was like so fucking funny. You could tell Michael Che wrote that and Contos did not want to say that. No, no, he did not want to say that. Uh, You can see his eyes. (laughs) I love it when Che slips jokes in that you know Colin Jost did not know. And that's Che going up to Lauren, okaying the joke, and then just slipping it in. That's, that's, Jost doesn't know ahead of time. There's no way. That's something he slipped in between dress and air. Yeah, it's too good. <laughs> I'm really, I, I think they're planning on leaving after the election, and I'm very sad because they are, I, oh. they finally hit their stride like a year or two ago, and I just fucking love them. Yeah, they're amazing together. (laughs) And I did not like them together at first. I did not think Colin Jost was a great Weekend Update co-host, but he grew into it and adapted to it and kind of made it his own. And he's honestly now one of my favorite Weekend Update anchors ever. So, you know, go Jost. Woo! Wow, bold, bold to say. One of the segments they had was uh, Carrie Crum, the middle school travel agent, which not one of my favorite characters. I don't know. It was better. I think she's cute. Um. (laughs) It was better than previous ones. I I, I liked this one better. And I thought that I screamed so loud. My dad thought I was hurt. I thought that that line I thought was wonderful when she was talking about wearing her trainer bra. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And when she said that, WAP means wet-ass cat. <laughs> it was cute. <sighs> I think we skipped the, um, the Bo and Yang bit. <gasps> How the fuck did I forget Bo and Yang? Jokes. Oh, no! Oh, I know why we skipped Bo and Yang, because when I was looking at my notes, I was enjoying it so much, and I didn't take notes. I was just like, I love every part of this. So that was... That was Literally, yeah. it was so good. No, I liked when they included the tiktok thing where at the end it kind of just became a tiktok and it was 
that girl don't do it meme um really just <laughs> like that's something that I feel like a lot of like younger people would really like I liked it <laughs> I got it it didn't I was like oh cool it's TikTok but that's as far as you know I was like yeah, I get it um that I think was the first thing I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live that I was like oh that that's not aimed at me <laughs> and it's the first time I that, that's the first time I felt old watching Saturday Night Live so that was interesting yeah he did that and he also did the it's the blank for me meme format <laughs> which was I forgot what he said but it was it was good however he utilized it weekend update ended with a cutaway to Kate McKinnon as Ruth Bader Ginsburg sitting in the audience and I teared up it was sweet it's only been 16 days since she passed. Feels like 140, bro. Do you want to introduce NBA Bubble Draft? <laughs> it was basically like a game show about um, girls getting into the sort of, you know, COVID social distancing NBA bubble so that way they can, uh, you know, have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, at first I was like, oh no, I really hate the premise of this. I really don't like where this is going. And I cringed at the Summer's Eve Lysol wipes. Like, it was so, like... Oh, yeah. I was like, guys... Ugh. I also crossed my legs. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it somehow got less problematic as the sketch went on. Well, I, I, I really liked the line, you can't keep a good hoe down. No, you cannot. <laughs> I also really appreciated how present Megan the Stallion was in last night's episode because yeah, I don't know, she's so fun. She's so fun. She was down for whatever. I mean, like she, I think the best and most fun hosts and musical guests are when they can come in and just kind of adapt to the situation and they just kind of insert themselves as someone in a sketch. It's not like, hi, I'm so-and-so look at me they just become a part of the ensemble for the week. Yeah, no, it was great. She was so fucking good. I can definitely see her coming back and pulling double duty at some point to host and musical guest because from what she showed last night, I, I feel like I feel like she'd be good at that. Yeah, I feel like her the chances of her getting invited back kind of high. Like she held her own pretty well alongside, you know, a host as big as Chris Rock. The 10 to 1 sketch last night was stunt performers, virtual fight. The 10 to 1 slot is where they put the weird sketch of the night, the one that might not play. And this is often where sketches written by Kate McKinnon and Andy Bryant end up. Uh, they've done a few cat rescue animal shelter sketches. They've, they, yeah, they've done some stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, basically all of these Hollywood stunt performers who are sad they're out of work and they want to get back to work driving their cars and doing their jumps and they're these young 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 fit Hollywood performers yes young fit Hollywood performers thank you but yeah and then the premise is that Kate McKinnon and Aidy Bryant are old women stunt performers who bend over and split their pants and get shot through the air and <laughs> There was a line where Kate McKinnon's like, oh, you ever see a little body falling through the air with some kids running after it? That's me. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it, but Kate McKinnon, her character's name was 
Karen Veneri. I did notice that. I did. <laughs> I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was an unexpected little Easter egg. It was like, oh, hey. I think he's getting sentenced this week. Like, this is going on. Good. Fuck him. Yeah. Oh, I can, I'm like, I'm so sick of watching that fucking docuseries because everybody, oh, annoys me at some level, unfortunately. Especially yeah, him. Yeah, it is. It's the unfortunate issue of like they're all actors and performers and it's like they're making the documentary, but it's very, yeah, I, I completely, I need to find a different word for agree, but yes, I have found the same thing <laughs> watching it where it's just like, I don't know. That was the, the Nexium corner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Nexium has come up in most of the recordings, whether it's made it to the final episodes or not, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure every time I've sat in this closet to record with you, that man has come up and not in a good way. He's always on my mind. He lives rent-free in my mind. Oh, God. Oh, we had a second Megan the Stallion performance. And yeah, don't stop with Young Thug. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, no, that song only just came out on, what was it? I think, like, Friday. So, like, I was a little bit thrown when they started playing it because I was expecting something that I knew and I unfortunately didn't know that song but yep. I love it still. I had never heard it before I just assumed it was like a b-side or like a new single that I just hadn't heard. Did not know it came out Friday. That's awesome. It's not Chris Rock. This wasn't his first time um what's the word hosting. It was his third time hosting so there you go. He did a pretty good job like like always I would say. Yeah, it was a solid, solid uh, showing. Again, he was in, he was just in sketches. It wasn't, hey, look, I'm Chris Rock. He just very, I mean, he was a cast member. He just blended right back in. So, so uh, yeah, the next two shows, we have Bill Burr and Morgan Wallen on October 10th. And on October 17th, we have Issa Rae and Justin Bieber. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Ray. Just, yeah just I'm, I'm totally down for Issa Rae. Meh on the beeves. Yeah, it is like, what it is, I suppose. <laughs> that, that's why I was irritated by not seeing Taylor Swift's name there because it was Justin Bieber's name. And I'm like, what? I, I'm sorry. I honestly, Taylor Swift had one of the biggest fucking albums of the year. If she's not in the fourth or fifth, I am going to be very upset. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I get that she might be, she might want to go for like the late October fall vibe. Like, I get yeah. that, but at the same time, my thoughts on the episode, it wasn't perfect, but it was solid. It was certainly one of the better season premieres they've had in recent years. Yeah, there's a lot of writing on it, I felt like, too, since it's, you know, we're so close to the election. Yeah, there was a lot of good yeah, writing. Pandemic. So everyone's been at home writing for the past four months yeah I felt just I felt so good to watch going in I was practically giddy and just after the experience I felt so just relaxed and like I don't know it just it really it was normal and oh what I wanted to say was that it uh, Saturday Night Live coming back to the studio is the first normal thing to return since March I mean Jimmy Fallon's in the studio but it's not the same style show it doesn't look like it was it doesn't sound like it or feel like it you can tell right. it's different 
this seemed normal and it feels or at least it remind it feels a lot like when they came back after 9-11 it reminds me a lot of how it felt like okay saturday night live is back everyone's in the studio we're gonna laugh it reminded me a lot of that when everybody was standing on the stage in the good nights this is normal i also liked how they were all wearing masks even though they didn't need to be like, it was definitely kind of, like, performative, but I like to see it. Yeah, I mean, they're in their own bubble. Did you see the pictures of the read-through earlier this week? I don't know if I did. Oh, my God. They're all spaced out, like, eight feet apart at tables and using all of, like, the seats in the studio. Oh, yeah. It was the weirdest. because like weird. I'm used to seeing read-through. Like, everyone's crammed around a table, and the interns and pages are in the hall with the papers and running in the sketches and stuff. And, like, I'm so used to seeing read-through be, you know, around a table with tons of food, and there was no food, and everyone was separate, and it was just like, oh, this is, I mean, I'm happy they did it, because it allowed them to do the, it allows them to do the show, but, yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's normal, it's the same, but it's not. What do you think the best sketch of the night was? Um, Best sketch of the night... That's a really good question. I think that I have got to go. <laughs> I don't know why I liked it so much, but the one where it was October 2000 and Kyle Mooney was the little kid named Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's ironic because that... I actually have as my least favorite sketch of the night. Oh my god. Thompson married my mom. You yeah. like, <laughs> that was my least favorite of the night. I don't know. It just didn't I don't know. I like I thought it was funny, but it just it was the one that worked the least for me. So yeah. My favorite uh-huh. sketch was the super spreader event. That was like probably my second favorite. Because <laughs> it's 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 dirty, but it's also slightly clever, but I don't know. And yeah, I thought the best sketch was half uh, the mask, bottom half your face, the pre-recorded Chris. Yeah, Fair that was face. good. That was my best sketch of the night. Yeah, so let us know what you think. You can email us at satnighthighpod at gmail.com. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Our website is satnighthighpod.com. You can listen to us under episodes. And we will be ever so grateful if you like what you hear, if you could like, comment, subscribe, leave a review. We really appreciate it. Our username is at satnighthighpod on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, but on Twitter, night is spelled N-I-T-E because of character limit. Yeah, that's it for me. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Happy highs. Happy highs. <laughs>